0: We'll try to explain what the kingdom is all about. The kingdom and the difference between the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of His dear Son, the kingdom of the Father. We took time to explain all of that yesterday. And one basic thing I said yesterday was the kingdom of God is a universal concept. And that the kingdom of the Father is a relationship between you and God who have come to believe in Him. While God is a Father or is a Creator and God is a God to the whole world. He's a father to you. And your relationship to him is completely different from that the world is having. Are you catching that? You can talk to him because he's your father. And so you're better in the kingdom of the father. And when you come to the issue of the kingdom of the son, we're talking about how that Christ becomes the head of the church. And that God is ruling through Christ to rule the church. Your submission to the lordship of Christ brings you into the kingdom of his dear son. I made you to understand that if you disobey the rulership, which is the lordship of Christ and the kingdom of his dear son, you cannot truly have a 100% perfection or relationship with the kingdom of God. I mean the kingdom of the Father. Because God looks to the son to respond to your petitions. Let me explain something. God doesn't see you. He sees the son. In the whole of creation, there are two people. Adam and Jesus. When God looks down, He sees Adam, and all those who are in His camp. And then when He looks down, He sees Christ, and all those who are in His camp. He can only answer your prayer because you are in Him. For Christ is our life, and our life is hid with Christ in God. And that brings you to the kingdom of His dear Son. Hallelujah. Now there's a scripture I want to read tonight. I do read it, because it has helped me to shape my mind and to give myself a lot of self examination. It's a common scripture that I read. It has helped me and it's going to help some of you. So many people here know it but maybe some of you have never. Can we turn to the book of Second John verse 9? It's a common scripture that we often read here but I think it's going to be of help to some of you. Second John verse 9 Yesterday while you're opening we we'll remind ourselves how that Jesus said his focus is the kingdom of God, and that is the purpose for which he was sent. Look for, remember that. Forty-four. I mean, 43, 42 to forty-three. He said that to us yesterday. Uh, I must go to the other city for this purpose. What I was I sent. Is that okay? Okay. Now, are we there in Second John verse number nine? Look at it. I'm reading from the NIV. Anyone who runs ahead And does not continue in the teaching of Christ Does not have God Whoever continues in the teaching Has both the father and the son Does that challenge your thinking Anyone who runs ahead And does not continue In the teaching of Christ Does not have God But whoever continues the teaching Has both the father and the son by implication you can do ministry Without having God as your father When you run ahead means you go beyond What God stipulated as should be taught Or what Jesus carried It's not talking about the teaching about Christ It's talking about what he did And what he taught said, if you don't confine yourself To the teachings of Christ What he taught Act chapter 1 again And verse 1 you don't have God. But if you stay within the sphere of that which he taught, you have both God as the Father and the Son residing within you. Remember what he said in John chapter 14 verse 23 particular. He said, if you keep my commandment, I and the Father shall come and have our abode in you. It means you can do ministry without having God and the sun residing in you as a tabernacle. The most painful thing is this, if you may know. If I give you anything, you can make use of it. But that is not to say you are in the same house with me. Did you understand what I'm saying? You can do ministry with the giftings of the Holy Spirit, but as long as you are not within the bracket of what Jesus taught, you do not have him resident within you. Doing signs and wonders is not a proof that God is resident in your life. Mark chapter 9. There was this man that was doing signs and wonders. And then he came to Jesus and said, This man is not among us, but he's doing signs and wonders. And Jesus said, you better let him be. But he wasn't among them. Why and how did he come to be able to be doing that? Because it takes just one thing for you to do signs and wonders. Mark 16. To them that believe, this sign shall follow them. It doesn't mean he's with you. You simply believe and you can do signs and wonders in his name. But what will bring him to you? To have a permanent resident in your life not coming and going as the Spirit was landing on something and going. What we do that is when you abide in his teachings. And yesterday we told ourselves that the key thing that Jesus came to declare is God's kingdom. So when you begin to teach whatever you are teaching, I don't know if that is what he taught. Now can I take this again from the New Living Translation? It says, for if you wander beyond the teachings of Christ, you will not have fellowship with God. But if you continue in the teachings of Christ We have fellowship with both the father and the son I want to remind you that that is the key thing about life fellowshiping with the father What Adam lost was fellowship with the father When you miss his fellowship you miss his presence Even if you sing so much And you begin to have goosebumps in your body it's not an indication that God is present with you. Because even if the rain beats you so hard, you can have good bumps. Are you still there? I want you to understand it because it's very crucial. Like I said, John 14, read 15 and 23. If you love me, obey my commandments. All those who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and live with them. God's intention in Christ Is that you become the tabernacle of God And that is what we are talking about That which brings you to the place Of having that personal relationship Where God becomes your father If there is anybody not having my heart It's how every one of you can come to the place Of having that personal relationship Where God can talk to you and you can talk to him If that is done my ministry is finished Because you must understand Because of the four that is why we have the 5 ministry when everybody comes to the place where the Bible says, no man shall teach his neighbor know the Lord. It simply means the five-fold ministry will one day disappear. It's not a perpetual ministry. It's not a continuous thing. You are not called because of ministry. You are called because of sonship and relationship. And so we don't have anything to glory in because we are ministers. If we have to be, let us glory that we know the Lord, Jeremiah says. "Hallelujah." Now turn with me to Luke seventeen. When is the kingdom? Yesterday, like I said, we said oh, what is the kingdom of God? Now tonight we're going to look at when is the kingdom of God, and tomorrow we're going to look at what, where is the kingdom of God? But today I look at oh, when is the kingdom of God. Whew. Hallelujah. Luke seventeen. I'm reading from verse twenty. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God, look at it, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observations. That shall they say, lo here or lo there, for the kingdom of God is within you. Now verse 23, 22 says, And he said unto his disciples, the days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. Now I want to give you an understanding. Hallelujah I've taken time to diligently go back to study this particular scripture First of all let me tell you this Jesus was speaking to two group of people here First Pharisees Then the disciples And So when he said the kingdom of God is within you First of all he was talking to the Pharisees
1: But the Pharisees
0: have not believed him So how could the kingdom be in them and that tells you that our interpretation is also wrong. Are you still there? <laughs> Verse 22 talks about his disciples. When he said the kingdom is within he wasn't talking to his disciples. Now nah, the Pharisees didn't believe him. And how can you accept a kingdom where you don't have the king? They have not accepted him, so the king is not there, so there was no kingdom. So what was Jesus saying? Are you there? Now I want to let you know that word should not actually be trans- translated because when you use the word "within," the Greek word is "entos." But when you translate a word, "entos himon," that is different from just "entos." "Entos himon" actually means is around you, not inside of you. The word in I'll make you see it as we progress in Matthew six is epi, and I will explain that. But let's make a progress here. So, in the true sense, this word should be translated enters him on, which means the kingdom is around you. What did Jesus mean to say here? The king of the kingdom is standing before you. Are you still there? So Jesus was trying to tell the Pharisees, You're looking for the kingdom? The kingdom is standing before you. Because he is the king. So if you can get the king, you get the kingdom. Now, notice something. They said when he didn't answer the when. Do you understand that? He didn't give them time, he didn't give them dates. He would rather tell them or point them to the man that carries the kingdom itself. So, instead of the when, he gave them the where. Instead of the time, he gave them a location. We had to find the kingdom. Are you catching this? Hallelujah. now, The word translated observation is very important as well. Parateresis. That is the Greek word there. He said the kingdom does not come with observation. What he means to say is that word actually means inspection. Like ocular evidence. In other words, it's like scientific investigation to prove a thing, to be able to predict a situation. So Jesus means to say, there are no signs that will enable you Calculate When God's kingdom will show up Are you following this? In the classical grace in this sense It means to observe the future by signs So when it says The kingdom does not come with observations It means there is no predictable evidence for for you to know Or to predict when the kingdom will come Don't you forget like I said he was addressing the Pharisees and don't you forget the Pharisees they read so much about the law they were the custodians of the law and they have certain parameters by which they would determine when the kingdom will come but now Jesus has come but because they were so used to remember Jesus told them you seek for signs they are always looking for signs they were also asking for signs but Jesus said you are not going to get anyone Nobody, by the way, he told them something. If they say low there or hill there, don't you go, for the kingdom does not come with observation. But we have the told us the kingdom is coming in Jerusalem. Have you heard that before? When it comes a second time, you establish kingdom in Jerusalem, one foot on Mount Olive, one foot on that, and there's a valley in between. What a god! That must be a giant. See a valley, one leg and one leg there. Mm-mm. If you read that in the book of Revelation, you're going to find the same thing. He said, one leg on the sea, one leg on the earth. What does that mean? Dominion over man and the rest of the multitude. Who doesn't know him? If he steps on a situation, he's conquering the situation. That's what it means. He's not talking about Jesus standing in Jerusalem, one leg on Mount Olivet, one leg on the Arabian desert. I don't know what you're talking about. All this theological stuff that will take you nowhere. Hallelujah. So Jesus was simply telling them the the kingdom of God does not come with great outward show. So that the people can predict his arrival and plot his progress. Is that okay? Like I said, the Pharisee question was very Right? Because number one, Jesus has been ministering among them for the past three years. And they are still confused because they know the Lord, that the Messiah will come and the Messiah will establish a kingdom. Do you understand this? I said, like, well, don't, don't confuse us if you are the Messiah. Come on, tell us. When is the kingdom coming? For three years you haven't been able to do anything. If you are the Messiah, can we know when it's going to come? Do you understand this? The Jews view the kingdom to be more political rather than being spiritual. And they view it to be more Jewish rather than universal. To them, they own the kingdom. And with their ultimate concept of mind, Jesus must fight a political fight to instill the kingdom in Palestine. But the kingdom of God is not the Palestinian issue. And I think this is one of the reasons That all those troubles is going on there In the Middle East Do you know that even the apostle Never understood that In Acts chapter 1 he said Will you then establish a kingdom Where you come again They were asking that In reference to Israel Because of them the physical Israel, which is in bondage with our children, is where God will establish a kingdom. Hmm? Maybe you need a Revelation 4. It speaks of Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. Remember that? He said man's Zion answered to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with our children. That place that is a bondage to this moment is where people think God wants to go and establish his kingdom. What a blindness. What an ignorance thing. And everybody is contributing money to fire people from America. Fire them Jewish Russia. Uh, haven't you heard that? Ethiopia. Ethiopia Jews. People are flying their back home. Everybody is going back home because God is about to establish his kingdom. What a deception. Hallelujah. Jesus was simply trying to say, stop looking for the kingdom outside of you. First have him in you, then you can think of something else. Because what is the kingdom? Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not about clothing. That's why my brothers will say, because you have so much money, you are in the kingdom. remember that guy, you know, a guy in the beginning, bought a new car. I said, man, congratulations. I said, oh, man, what will we do? At least let's taste the kingdom. I just looked at him but they said, you have a long way to go. The kingdom is not about food or drink, not clothing, not even jet plane. It's about righteousness, it's about peace, it's about joy in the Holy Spirit. You may have all of those things, and you don't have these three things I've just mentioned. You are not in the kingdom. Now, if righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is what defines the kingdom, it simply shows the day the Holy Spirit comes into your life, the kingdom comes in. That is why there is no date because you don't know when your salvation comes. You don't know where the impartation comes. You don't know when God will contact you or the Spirit will visit you. So there is no date for it. Are you still there? So Jesus was simply saying How can you think about a kingdom And you don't have me who is the king of the kingdom And you think it's going to come by some natural observations And you're going to be plotting Well now the kingdom is going to start These are the signs for the kingdom I mean it's terrible how ministers do these things How they begin to make calculations And talking about one thing And you know blowing it up on TBN and everything And people are really contributing money Instead of putting there for some good works And good things for the Lord And <laughs> are sponsoring people Who are going on picnics <laughs> It's not God's kingdom friends. Hallelujah Somebody said Well that's a holy land Sure Wherever the Lord steps upon is the holy land That is what you don't know God spoke to Moses He said the ground you are standing is a holy ground Why? Because God went there so if God is here, this is a holy ground. Do you know that? It's not in Tel Aviv that you have Holy Land. No! So turn with me to Matthew 6. Let's begin to dig on this now. The kingdom. So the kingdom is God's righteousness. Righteousness. It's God's peace. It's God's joy in the Holy Spirit. And the date for the kingdom or for those things that come into your life is not predictable. You can't chart it on a chart. You can't put it on a scale. There is no way you can chart it. So, Matthew 6, verse 10 again. Thy kingdom come, that will be done in earth as it is heaven. I told us yesterday, if Jesus who said this, it means something went wrong with the earth. There is all of the goodness of God, the righteousness of God, the peace of God in the realm of spirit, but as far as the earth is concerned, these things are not there. They are void. Are you see there? It's like the earth was without form and void. What was the voidness in it? Righteousness, peace and joy. Now there is invasion of the Holy Spirit to bring those things again to pass on the earth. God is in restoration Restitution, redemption, but no ra. Complete it if you have understanding. What did I say? Are you looking at me? I said God is in business of what? Restoration, restitution, redemption. Mm-hmm. Go on. All the rare, but no ra. <laughs> Okay, whatever, that's a fine. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Check it out in your book, you can see it. Okay. So now here we come. Thy kingdom come that will be done on earth that is done where in heaven. Okay, let's pick it bit by bit. Thy kingdom come. The word come in the Greek is Ekomia. Ecomia means to accompany, to appear, to bring, to come into being. To grow. To light. Thy kingdom come. Let thy kingdom appear. Let it be made known. What is the kingdom? The rule, the sovereignty of God. Let it be made manifest. Remember he told them, pray this prayer. Thy kingdom come. So what was Jesus saying? May you pray that the sovereign rule of God be made manifest. that is why yes it could be a prayer that is past, but it's still a prayer that is present because we cannot ultimately say the whole world has experienced or is experiencing the sovereign rule of God is that okay so when he said thy kingdom come he said may the sovereign rule the will and the dominion of God be made manifest in creation you can see how important this prayer is the meaning of the word come, which has to do with what Echomaiah may the light of his sovereign rule appear even to men and to creation. To me, I think we still need to be praying this prayer. In fact, when you step into a city, this is a prayer we should be praying. I think, God, may your sovereign rule appear in this city. That's what it means to say, Thy kingdom. Now you can understand why this is so crucial to Jesus, and so important to us as well. Because we may preach every other thing that comes to the place of benefit, but the sovereign rule of God is not experienced. But here Jesus wants everybody to experience the sovereign rule of God in their lives, in their homes, in their communities. If only we can understand the import of this message, people of God, you will preach nothing else but this message. Do you have the rule of God in your community? Do you have the rule of God in our cities? Do you have the rule of God? Is God sovereignly ruling in this country? Even the nation that claim to be the land of God is God ruling supreme there? But that is what Jesus told the disciples to be praying for. Pray that the sovereign rule of God may be made, what? Manifest. Let it enter into the heart of everyone. Let there be an appearing of the sovereign rule of God. Hallelujah. The next word he said is will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Let's look at the word will. The word will in the Greek is "telema." "Telema" means a determination. Hallelujah. It means purpose. It means a decree. It means an inclination. It means a pleasure. What does that mean? Let God's purpose, let his desire, let his pleasure, be made manifest to creation. What was God's pleasure in the beginning when he created man? That man will live in paradise. Hallelujah. That man may live in paradise. I will always remind you of this. Man's fall was not vertical but horizontal. He lost dominion. He didn't drop. So, what man needs to experience is restoration and not evacuation. Does that sink (laughs) in? We can only step back very quickly to Eden and all things are settled. Are you still there? Man was driven from a realm, he can only return back to that realm. Thy will be done. What is God's will from the one man was supposed to be his pleasure residing in an abundance of life. Which has to do with an Edenic state which is called paradise. Are you there? Hallelujah. So that is the world telema. The will of God. The purposes of God. The desires of God. Now begin to begin to follow it. Kingdom. Sovereign. Is that okay? So he said, when you pray this May the sovereign rule of God appear So that his purpose can be experienced If I have to write a lost prayer This is going to be my definition May the sovereign will and rule of God appear to amen. So that they can experience his presence which is what we lost in the garden. Are you still following? The next one is that will be done in earth. In earth. The word in is Ipai. This is different from Entos or Entosimon. What is Ipai? Ipai means a superimposition of time, place, order. As a relation of distribution, of a direction. Let me explain. A superimposition of time, place, order, etc. Let me give an example. If you take a photograph and you take another photograph on top of the first photograph you took before, the first one will not show, but the last one will show. That means you superimpose the last photograph on the first one. When somebody looked at that, what he sees is the last one you took, not the first one. Is anybody catching what I'm trying to say? So when he said that will be done in earth, what did he say? May the sovereign rule and purposes of God be superimposed upon what is going on in creation now. Are you catching this? In place, in time, in order. What is he saying? In priority, may the kingdom which is the sovereign rule of God take the first place. May it be superimposed upon everything that is existing, even in your life. Let the rule of God take preeminence. Superimposition. The next thing he says is the direction. First of all, I say as a relation of distribution. What does that mean? It simply means this. We are the one to carry God's kingdom to superimpose it upon existing order. A relation of distribution. By implication, wherever we go, we ought to carry God's kingdom. The church is a place for the superimposition and a relation of distribution of God's kingdom, which is the sovereign rule of God universally. But here is the church who doesn't who are supposed to carry or have this particular assignment. Does he even know what he is supposed to do? So we come to church, come to meetings. We have all trash to preach. What are those trash? The devil is after you. The spirit of your father is killing you. There's a red cloth behind your house. Trash. Let me tell you about this. Trash. Say it like a minute. Father is killing you. Your grandmother lost one teeth. She's killing you. Nonsense. Relation of distribution. Wherever you find yourself, you're carrying the sovereign will, the dominion, the authority of God. You make men to know who God is, who they don't know. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, means the divine will of God for their life is not made known to them, so they walk in ignorance, and so they are being destroyed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The next word I want you to look at there is the word "earth." That will be done in earth. That kingdom come that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The word "earth" actually is just speaking of. If you want to follow it properly, it's talking about the earth as it is. Hallelujah. But again, you also is part of the earth. As we abound the image of the earth, we also bear the image of the heavenly. Adam distributed his life into us In the earth Now Christ is distributing His heavenly attributes into us Also in the earth Are you see there? Help me Can I tell you something? We may not be able to go to those scriptures What have you read in the Bible? It says she worship the Lord that God with what? All your mind All your soul all your strength, and what? and your heart four dimensions do you know why the river that left it didn't have to break into four compartments so that every compartment of your life will be washed your mind your soul, your heart your strength, the four rivers in the garden the Bible said the river broke out and divided it of forehead. head. You are that earth that needs to be washed by the four streams of this river that is flowing. Hallelujah. Are you still following me? So these earth have to receive the impartation of the sovereign rule of God. Praise the living God. This is why it's so crucial a prayer. It's so crucial a commission. If Jesus had no other commission, you do not have another commission. And until we pull the first thing first, it will be difficult for things to be right. Because God has His own priority. In Matthew 6, what did He say? Seek ye first what? The kingdom of God. And its righteousness, and all other things shall be what? Shall be added. The word force is proton in the Greek, which has to do with time, place, and order. Seek a force the kingdom of God. Get consigned with God's kingdom. What is his kingdom? The sovereign rule, the dominion, the authority of God that he expresses to creation and in creation through you. That wherever you go, you become an expression of God's kingdom. We are a carrier. Of God's sovereign power. Are you listening to me? Some of you are so blinded that you don't understand these things we are talking about. That is why you are afraid of anything that passes by in your home, whether it's a lizard, whether, whatever. You are be so brainwashed, so messed up that even if you see water go helping you to kill mosquitoes, you chase them. Don't you know water are really there to help you? work geckos feed on flies and mosquitoes check your biology but now you chase them because they are devils where did you get them from? from the church even the secular world knows that the function of the work is simply that of an ecosystem to balance creation and nature even the secular world knows but here you are in church the work has become a devil You are chasing innocent creatures Because of spiritual blindness and ignorance. And those are the kind of things you swallow. Those are the kind of things you pay huge money for to attend and to receive. Where you are supposed to be carrying power, flowing in God's glory, making manifest His creatures. His authority is dominion. People rejoicing because you showed up. Look at Jacob went to Laban's house. His business wasn't functioning. <laughs> and Laban wanted to let this guy go. He couldn't. And he said, hey, come on, Jacob, let me tell you the truth. Since you came into this place, my business changed. I don't know what you're using. Am I talking to someone here? What was it? Because he was a covenant child that carried virtue. Godly virtue. The presence of Jacob in Laban's business made a U-turn we who claim to be in Pentecostal circles when we go to business it shuts down because what you carry is demon you see, how do you say that because those who worship idols are like the idols the things you know you manifest and so anytime you are employed the people will begin to look for what is the problem until they suck you. business will not work Because all your personality is a reflection of deconny presence, because that is all you know, and Paul will say, I desire to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's where the power is. That's where the power is. Now you have become demon carriers instead of Christ carriers, because that's the only thing you know. You go to meetings, it's all about demons. It's all about witchcraft. It's all about parental causes. You don't know anything about Christ. But Paul said, I have considered everything but Lord, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Let's know Christ. I don't have any message to preach to you other than Christ and his kingdom. I don't have any. If you're expecting anything, you're going to be disappointed. But I know I'm telling you the truth and it will set you free. The protection you need is in the kingdom. Remember, if you can still remember precisely, those of you have been following my teachings, I spoke to you some time ago about kingdom asylum. Have you forgotten that? You know what kingdom asylum is? Any man can take political refuge in another country once you run into the embassy. Are you see that? And if you get into the embassy, nobody can pick you out except the government permit and write And uh, I mean, your host country. Let me give you this illustration. If you commit a crime now and you run even to Ghana embassy in this country, Nigeria government does not have right to pick you out, except the first apply to Ghana. Ghana will either permit or reject, and even if they reject, they can't take you. If they take you by force, it's a war between Ghana and Nigeria. Why? Because an embassy. What did the Bible say? We are ambassadors. Where does ambassadors stay? At the embassy. That's why you are in this war, but you are not of this war. We are in the embassy of God in this war. That is why the devil can't touch you, except he seek permission from heaven. Stop being a fool. Wake up, church. Running around spending your, all your energy and money. Because if you want, devil is after you. No devil is after, your shadow is pursuing you. Come on, I want to tell the truth. Your shadow is after you. Turn around and let light come. You I your shadow disappeared. Get little children, put out a light and tell them to enter into the darkness. They will say they won't go. We say why? So Juju is there. Who told him? That's the way you're behaving. There is no Juju before you. It's your mind that is telling you Juju is there. Come on, move out with the light of God's glory. Hallelujah. Help me praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Talking of God's kingdom, the sovereign rule of God. Running around. Your own handkerchief is a problem. Hmm? some people are so scared that they don't remember the sun handkerchief and the handkerchief is doing like they said they don't come because you have been messed up by some other preachers that have no light of the glorious gospel of the kingdom of God the Bible says if they speak not according to the truth it's because the light is not in them Revelation 4 Somebody is already speaking to me with wisdom. Hallelujah. This guy is a good friend. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Even if we stop here, I'm sure the message has been delivered. Are you still there? Ha, oh, come on. Revelation 4.11 Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are what? Created. Can you get that? All things created for God's pleasure. Remember what we read before? The will of God is God's pleasure. His purpose. Thelema, the same word. Amen. And when you read Romans eight, verse 20, the Bible says the creation was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who subjected his same in hope. I tell you, you I told you yesterday that when he say Christ was slain before the foundation of the world, it's not talking about before the world came into being. What I mean is before the world went into disruption, Christ was slain. And you must understand that it was deliberate on the part of God. It was all part of the processes of God in bringing creation to perfection. There was no accident. There was no miss and, I mean, hit and run type of thing. No! The fall of God was right before God's presence. In fact, He initiated it. Some of you jump around and think one devil play trick on God. How can the thing you created play trick on you? But that's what you are told. Hallelujah. Are you there? So if I'm Genesis chapter 13, I mean chapter 3, from verse 17 to 19, you can read that. When the thing went into corruption, into destruction, it began to produce things and turtles and men begin to sweat and have to work hard to be able to feed. Remember that? Genesis 3 17 to 19. That is the destruction. That is the vanity that creation was brought into when man sinned. Romans 8 20. It's all so simple. But God is restoring. Oh come on. The book of Jew, and the Bible says, Behind them is an open before them is a wither. Behind them, are you getting what I'm talking about? The real army of God. Return to Eden. Return to Eden. Come to the place of pleasantness. The word Eden means pleasantness. It means garden. It means paradise. Return to Eden! Hallelujah. The message therefore is the unveiling of God's thought for mankind. This is the unveiling of God's glory on the face of the earth. The kingdom of God is simply to instruct us again that we were once in Eden, which we lost. Then now we can return back to Eden and have all the things we needed as God had it intentionally for man. That is all about the message of the kingdom. The unveiling of God's thoughts, intents and purposes. When the Bible says we are co-laborers, I made you to understand, you cannot be a co-laborer with a man that you don't understand his thoughts and intentions if you think you are called about our Christ then you must understand his drives what was driving Jesus is to establish God's thoughts and desires in creation hallelujah in Matthew 13 we don't have the time to read that you can read Matthew 13 36 up to verse uh, 43 you are going to see for yourself that presently the kingdom is in a state of mixture that's what I mean by the parable of the wheat and tares. The present state of the kingdom is in a state of mixture. You cannot easily identify <laughs> who is in the kingdom and who is not in the kingdom. Every preacher says it's in the kingdom. You remember that? So the kingdom is in a state of mixture. But there is going to be a harvest. Hallelujah. There is going to be a harvest. Now, I want to I want to make you understand something. And then we're gonna we're gonna quit now. First Corinthians fifteen. Let's quickly read this and then we're gonna quit. First Corinthians fifteen. Fifteen. I look at verse twenty five down to, to twenty eight. Are we there? For he must reign. Who is reigning? First Corinthians 15, 25 five. Who is reigning? Christ. He must reign till put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For I put all things under his feet. But when he said all things are put under it, it is manifest that he is exempted. That is God is exempted. Quit it, put all things under him. Hallelujah. And when all things shall be subdued unto him Then shall the son also himself Be subject unto him That put all things unto him that God may be what All in all What does that mean God will finally find expression in all men Do you understand that Right now the kingdom is a state of mixture And Christ is ruling and reigning He is a conquering king I can't remember, I was driving with someone recently and he was talking to me about these things and asked me a question. Can't you see how stupid the church can be? That Jesus is coming back with a sword in his mouth. Have you read that in book of Revelation? His garment full of blood, his feet as brass, his eyes like fire. Is that the kind of Jesus you are looking for? Come on, talk to me. But that is the one we find in the book of Revelation. They forgot to understand, to simply realize that his sword is the word of God. Hallelujah! His blood upon his garment indicates how many people he has conquered, and you were one of them. You stand his garment because he conquered you. Now they are looking for him to fly from the sky. If they see him with a sword, will they stand? What a masquerade, Jesus! That people are expecting—they forgot to understand the word of God in Shabbat and to of sword. He said, "I will spew you out of my mouth." In the first place, we are supposed to be the one that is now becoming the Word made flesh. Are you see there? He said, "You're neither warm nor hot. I mean, you're neither hot nor cold. I will spew you out of my mouth." So where are we? We are in His mouth. That is why Jeremiah said, "You are my battle axe and the weapons of war." You are expecting Jesus to do it, you are the one to do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on and help me, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He is giving you the authority. You are becoming the word made flesh. And you are expecting one man to do it. When he has given you the authority of his kingdom. Say you are my battle axe and the weapons of war. Now you are saying, come and fight. And he's asking you, I have made you a battle axe. Go and conquer for me. You are in my mouth. I am sending you. And every word that comes out of my mouth shall not return to me. Void. Understand what he's saying? I create you with a purpose. You won't come back until you fulfill your purpose. He's talking to you and me. Amen. When he spoke me into existence, it was with a divine purpose. And he said, I can't go back to him until I fully my purpose. So I'm not dying yet. Come on now. Are you understanding this? Hallelujah. You won't leave this art until you finish. (laughs) You are not listen, you are not dying. (laughs) You are not. The only thing that will make you die now is not knowing why you are here. But once you discover why you are here, you can die. Can you imagine Jonah running away? Even when he that you see, he still went up there. He didn't die inside the sea. Why? Because there was a purpose in his life. Praise the living God. Take my final scripture from the same book of First Corinthians 15. I'm going to read 21 to 29 from the message translation. Hallelujah. There it says, nice symmetry in this. Death initially came by a man. A resurrection from death came by a (laughs) man. Not shall come. Came by a man. Did you get that? Everybody dies in Adam. Everybody comes alive in Christ. Everybody. Not some, sir. Everybody died in Christ. Everybody comes alive in Christ. About we have to wait our turn, Christ is first, then those with him at his appearing. The grand consummation when, after crushing the opposition, he will hand over his kingdom to God the Father. You know, I told you yesterday about the kingdom of his dear son. Remember that? Okay, now he hand over the kingdom of who unto God the Father. Verse 25. He won't let up until the last enemy is down. And the very last enemy is dead. 27. As the psalmist said, he laid them low, one and all. He walked all over them. When scripture says that he walked all over them, it's obvious that he wouldn't at the same time be walking, I mean walked on. When everything and everyone is finally under God's rule, the song we step down, taking his play with everyone else, showing that God's rule is absolutely comprehensive, a perfect ending. <laughs> Did you follow this? I like this translation, fear. Do you understand that? I would like to take the last verse 28. It's so crucial to me. Can I say this? The last book of the Bible is not revelation. We are reading the last chapter of the Bible now. When everything ends, the summary of all that we are going through is First Corinthians chapter 15. Not the book of Revelation. And somebody says, open to the last book. That's not the last book. Because that was the letter of the seven churches. But this is God's agenda. Am I talking to someone here? When everything and everyone is finally, everything and what? Everyone is finally under God's rule. So the ministry of Jesus continues until everyone submits to God. He said, when that is done, then the son steps down. What does that mean? It means he has finished his assignment. So what is the assignment of Jesus today? It's is conquering. I will continue to do what? To conquer. Conquer for God. And when everyone finally submits to God, the son steps down. And he said he takes his place among the other sons. Why? Because he's our senior brother. And through his death, he's bringing many souls into glory. Come on and help me, praise the Lord. Are you getting this? Say, time comes when the Lord steps aside. What does that mean? When he steps aside, you talk to God, God talks to you. No intermediary. He is my senior brother. That is what Jesus is all about that's what the ministry, come on brother that is one on one you can wake up in the morning and say daddy how you doing dad and I say I'm fine, what about you I so have a good sleep are you, are you hearing what I'm talking about because our senior brother we are joint heads yes. either man, are you hearing this yes. our senior brother steps down from the business and he said dad I've done all the conquering all this one I conquered for you. They are now your subjects. And God's kingdom is now universal. But for the moment, we are in the kingdom of his dear son. Am I talking to somebody? I can't be intimidated because I know what God is saying. And that is why I'm not afraid. Whoever is rebellion now, doesn't it mean he's going to escape it. The Lord is bringing him. For as in Adam all die, he will say, Oh, be made alive. Hallelujah. I'm talking of absolute and comprehensive perfect ending nothing lost, nothing missing why? because the Lord Jesus is conquering and will continue to conquer on your personal level it's in your spirit from your spirit into your soul and it comes to a time where your mortal body will take off a glorified body Jesus is the conquering you can die the way you are now There is a vision, a purpose for your life. You were not sent here to be a waste product. You are here for a mission. The vision of the Lord is so clear. He has risen it. And those who have seen it, they are running with it. And I'm one of them. I'm invited to join me. Let's run with this vision that Jesus is conquering.